Hey, I'm Garrett. And I'm Daniel. And this is Modern Gaze. Today's episode is starting off of a conversation that we had up in the club. Up in the club, everybody getting tipsy. <laughs> you're at a gay bar or whatever. And you're seeing some of your friends and you're just catching up. You're like shooting the shit, like what you're doing, where you moved, how things, what, whatever. What's happening? And a big thing that comes up all the time is where are you guys now? Are you guys in West Hollywood? Are you guys in... Melbourne, are you in Collingwood, Fitzroy, wherever? So it's like, oh no, I'm living in Santa Monica now. It's always about location, location, yeah. location, location. And people also have this expectation, right? I think, especially within the gay or queer community, of you should be living in the neighborhood. And you should also be in the neighborhood that is correct for you, apparently. You define, know, quote unquote. Yeah, let's define what is correct for you. Let's break it down for our listeners, for you guys who are not in Australia. It's very similar in Melbourne to Los Angeles, like, or even to New York, mm. where you have certain pockets of certain areas of the city that just attract a certain type of person. Right. In general, more like vibe. Okay. So in, let's say, Silver Lake in Los Angeles and like Echo Park, East Side LA, it has a lot more like vintage record shops and cute like bit more artists. eclectic yeah, it's eclectic there's uh -huh. artist communes there's like little design shops it's a bit more kitschy mm. and it's kitschy kitsch <laughs> it's cute it's oh. kitschy and cute and it's really and it's expensive still and then in west hollywood and like beverly hills and in the hollywood hills uh -huh. it's a little bit more bougie it's got a bit more of the upper luxury class shops that are unrealistically attainable to nobody so that's where we would live <laughs> In the bougie bougie. I love me some bougie. But here in Melbourne, uh -huh. it's similar. In yeah. Sydney, it's similar. Like the similar neighborhoods follow these sim same kind of design cues, but attract certain types of people. And to be honest, everybody has a little bit of interesting dialogue mm. around where you're living. And when you say dialogue, I think you actually are meaning judgment, judgment or <laughs> perception, right? Perception. A perceived notion of this idea of where you should live. Yes. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about perception, right? And this idea of faking it till you make it and empty promises. Empty promises as in like flickiness and just people not following through with what they've committed to. And I think that comes with... Maybe living in a big city, in a metropolis, that there's a lot going on and people have a lot of personal life and work life and friends life and family life and everything just mixes together and it's too much. I think it also comes from people just overcommitting and not being able to really tell you how they feel. Yeah. And there's a lot going on in everybody's life. We know mm -hmm. that. For sure. So let's get into it. Let's do it. So back when we were living in Los Angeles, we lived in... All over the city, right? I was living in what was Mount Washington at yeah. the time, which is in East LA. It's way outside the like main part of Los Angeles, but it's really freaking beautiful and awesome. It was. I was living in Sherman Oaks over in the valley. In the valley. I was a valley gal. You were a valley girl. I was a valley gal. I grew up in the valley. My family is all in the valley. I love the valley, actually. It's the It gets hot. It's stunning. I, I love it, though. I love it because it's a break from the city. Mm -hmm. Everyone thinks Los Angeles. They think Hollywood. They think Santa Monica. But over the hill over those hollywood hills you have the valley and the valley is just like much more space beautiful views and it's actually a vibe mm. more family oriented but 
it is, I don't think, I think it's pretty on par with the rest of Los Angeles now. It's LA. Everything's so spread out. It's so spread out and you need to get from point A to point B and you live in traffic. Location is important because you're spending all your time in a car. So if you're not like living in the place that you spend most of your time in, it's a lot. But a lot of the times you don't because it's so expensive, right? Mm. So even though you were working in West Hollywood, you lived in Sherman Oaks. Right. And you had to drive every day over over that hill. Over the hill, yeah. And you're just constantly going to where you want to be. And so when someone's, okay, oh, where do you live? And you're like, oh, I live all the way in Sherman Oaks. People are like, why? Massive judgment. Right? Yeah. And it's usually people that it's not even why it's like, Oh yeah. And the same thing happened here Yeah, where we were living in a city called Preston and it's a little bit outside of Melbourne. It's like Northern suburby. It's probably like 10 kilometers, which is maybe seven miles. Every time we'd go out to go out to brunch or go out to dinner, meet up with our friends for drinks or whatever. People like, Oh, like what part of the city you're in? We're like, I'm Preston. They're like, Oh, "Oh, okay. Oh, why do you live there? That's fire. And it, it is a bit of a drive. It's like maybe it's like a 30 minute drive, but either way, like there's a lot of like persona att- attached to the city you live in. Absolutely. Even so much more in a, let's say nightclub environment where you're meeting a bunch of people and they're asking you where you live. But on top they're of- They're also probably trying to get an idea of your status girl and like how much money you got. Nah. Am I reckon? Nah, I don't think so. Why else would they want to know where you live? It's just a normal thing to say. It's just when you have nothing else to say or nothing else to talk about, you talk about the weather and you talk about where you live. But then the follow-up about the judgment on where you live is what I'm trying to get to. So I think what's interesting is when you're in a conversation with someone and you're talking about generic early starter shit and... Small talk. Yeah. The follow-up questions are very telling because it's usually delivered with a side of judgment Mm. and that judgment comes from either a miseducation or just a complete no education, no understanding. Or it comes from a direct experience where they personally had some kind of connection to what you're saying, right? And that's rarely the case. So let's say like someone else grew up in Preston and they had a really terrible time in Preston and they have a lot of judgment towards Preston because of their own personal experiences. And then when you're talking with them... <laughs> we just unloading our terrible life in Preston? To Preston, Preston. <laughs> There's a song called To Preston, Preston. Anyway, I feel like people have these preconceived ideas or perception on people because they're judging people quickly. They want to have a quick booty call. They want it to be close and easy and accessible to them. I also think people want to have friends who are close and who live close to people to have that sense of community. Ah. I think people want that ease of access to people. Okay, so you think that... I think it can be positive. When people have a knee-jerk reaction to an area that they don't necessarily like to hear, they think, oh, this is maybe not in my realm. This is not in my... Immediate world. Yeah. So I'm not, I may not be interested. I may not fuck with it. I don't have time for it. So when someone says, oh, oh, you're a WeHo gay, Uh or if you're like a, you're a a Lower East Side gay, or you're a South Yara gay, so much connotation comes with that. And so much preconceived ideas or judgment or perception, like that's been pre-organized and preordained before it even hits you. Mm. It's actually quite it's a lot mm. because not you're not just the sum of your city that you live in, right? And we move a lot. So what are we, like a bit of everything? You We're know? a versatile gay. <laughs> when it comes to location. And other things. The thing is, is like when we're somewhere and someone's saying, okay, 
oh, where do you live? We live here. Oh, you're one of those kinds of people. I'm going to start following up with, oh, what does that mean? Opening up a conversation. I think what it means is that people have this idea of all they these. Say, oh, that's not a bad thing. Because that just happened to us the other day. It Someone's happens like, to us all the freaking time. They're like, oh, where are you guys living? Oh, we're living here. Oh, you're one of those gays. No, he we're said like, to what? us, you look like that type of gay. That's what he said. And I'm like... Does that mean I look like I'm rich and I got money and I have a little cute puppy dog? I'll take it. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe I drive a Porsche too, bitch. Oh, cool. But the Please. point is I think people have specific keywords like bougie, like fancy, like fit, like. So what do you want people? What, I mean, what do people want? I live in a shithole and <laughs> I'm really unhappy with where I am. And I'm eating two minute cup of noodle soup for dinner. And I don't know what else you're supposed to say. Like I am of this earth. Right. I think that, I think the whole thing is like this idea of somebody perceiving another person yeah. as some type of way. Based off of where they live. Based off where they live or even based upon what they have maybe heard from other people and they don't even know you for a bar of soap. Like this idea of perception is really interesting because it opens a can of worms, I think. Yeah. So what, is the can of worms that it can happen. What can oh. happen when you perceive someone incorrectly? I think you would be limiting your personal experience or relationship with another individual yeah. to what it could potentially be. Yeah. You might be missing out on a really good fucking thing. The potential of a conversation is basically just shut on its face. See, perception, I will never, ever go off somebody else's pre-assumption on somebody else, period. I will always make a judgment call for myself. So when we're talking about what we hear about other people. Absolutely. So that's like hearsay <laughs> or like what you, you gossip. Know, gossip. That's gossip. What's that? Uh, it's a song, isn't it? I've never heard that oh. song. It's gossip. Keep going. Oh, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga gossip. Oh, okay. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> When you actually do hear something about someone and it is gossip or it is a preconceived notion of someone's personality or the way they are, and then you meet them, you don't at all think about that. You think fresh slate from the ground up. Yeah. Because it's my call to make that assumption. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, but that my personality isn't going to dig into like the gossip and the beaver baba and the whole lies and empty promises. I'm not digging into that but shit. But you can't just ignore information that you have. No, but I'll always keep it in the back of my brain. That's what I'm saying. So it's still there. You're cautious. It's, it's lingering. You're using yeah. it as yeah. a little bit of your inventory. I don't forget, but I will make the call myself. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I think that I am opposite. <laughs> you go off the judgment no, no, and no, the no. perception. I go off of the trusted intel. Really? If it's not trusted intel, no, of course. I throw it out the window. I don't give a shit. Okay, but so if it's scenario. trust if it, if there's a someone who is very close to me that I trust and that has given me some information about uh-huh. someone, uh-huh. positive, negative, uh-huh. I take it. So okay. if it's positive, I take the positive referral. All right. So let me give you a scenario then. So You've just been casted on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you're going into the show based on everyone telling you that Sutton is a very nice woman. Yeah. You would believe that. What's the context? I might, do I know, I know nothing about her. I haven't met her Lisa yet. Lisa Renna is telling you that Sutton is a very nice woman. Okay. She's very nice. Very nice, non-psychotic <laughs> and doesn't make weird faces. Okay. 
Do you believe that? Yes, of course I believe that. You believe Lisa Renner? I, I love Lisa Renner. <laughs> I believe anything she says. <laughs> but such an is crazy girl. No, I think what's inter- what this is actually a perfect example of miscommunication during yes. a point of perception. So oh. you have a perception of someone and you have an idea of what they're like, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go into that meeting or that engagement with them. And then you also have right? Your own communication style, the way you talk, the way that you interact and the way you listen. And sometimes we're not all really great listeners. Right. And we hear what we want to hear. Or we make it about ourselves. Or we make it about ourselves. And we're also holding on to the perception that we have so deeply clawed our you know, hands into. And then we are listening to the other person, but this perception of them is coming out stronger than what our real experience should be. So you think our perception could be clouded sometimes by our feelings and by our emotions. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Mm. of course. But I think that with your example of the real housewives and this whole franchise of housewives, right? There is one common denominator between all of the different shows. And it's that nobody can communicate past their perception of each other. Right. How I want to move forward in my own friendships and in my own experiences when I'm like meeting new people and engaging with other people within the community, Mm. I want to let go of perception and I want to challenge people's perception. Same actually. I love that. And I want to go in like curious. I want to lead with curiosity. Yeah. And I want to ask more questions. Tell me about that. Yeah. Oh, please explain that further. Yeah. What have do you, you mean by that? that? Not even just what, whatever, not even what do you mean? More, have you thought about how that can affect other people when you say something like that? Quickly, you'll discover that either A, they don't have much more opinion about it. I think it'll show if someone has depth. And sometimes that comes to vulnerability. And some people, you, most of the time, people are like caught off guard when you do that. But I think it's really good to do because you want to have authentic, real conversations. Absolutely. Of course. I want to leave a conversation feeling I learned something or I feel uplifted or I, I feel, feel like, like that was nice. That was nice. Or I felt like I offered some value to someone. Right. Like I don't want it just to be like me. Mm. So this concept, especially on social media, it's all about this perception of a life that you live, right? Oh, social media is a worse for perception. And you really put out this idealized look of what it looks like, but it's not, it's not like the be real, right? And it's just like a curated kind of glimpse into mm. you. Mm. But this look of faking it till you make it, mm-hmm. it can work. You got to work hard and you got to have like a focus on, on doing it. Right. right? You got to put the, one thing in front of the other to make that happen. But the concept of faking it till you make it. Yeah is dangerous Hmm. and it could be really positive for you and also it could be really negative you can fake it till you make it in your work in your life in your maybe not relationships in love but yeah I was gonna say in your relationships you can't fake it you can in maybe like an orgasm Speaking of faking it till you make it, what about all of these straight guys who are having encounters with gay guys on OnlyFans for money they're faking it till they make it Yes, but that's been going on in porn for a long time. So yeah. there's a lot of gay porn stars that are straight. But I married. feel like there's a lot more straight guys who are faking it till they make Recently, it. Recently, yes. On, on OnlyFans. Only fans. Yeah, because the money is stupid. I so know. people are like willing to do whatever. So with faking it till you make it, like this idea of perception comes in again, mm. where you are 
putting out this idealized persona of yourself on what you feel like you want to achieve or like the life you want to live. Maybe you have a vision board. Maybe you have like your Instagram looking a certain way. And it's just really like curating the direction that you're going into. So do you think what you're saying is people might have a point in their life where they're in a crisis and they want to redefine their perception on how people are seeing them. So they create a new fake it till you make it persona of themselves to, I guess, rebirth their identity. Yeah. And I think that it's maybe not so much of a rebirth. It's like a pivot. You're just like pivoting your life. If you were to think about faking it till you make it in the sense of who you are. And I think that doesn't necessarily, and it's difficult for that to relate to your sexual identity or to your gender identity, because that is like a core reflection, a core piece Mm. of your identity. And that is not something that you can authentically fake until you make it. Mm. That's something that you have to live your best expression of in the moment and do the best that you can and just feel at most connected and at peace with yourself. Mm. Faking it till you make it is more of a very specific goal that you set and you you want to achieve. And now you have to work on the segments and like the milestones to get there. Mm. And along the way, you have to pretend you have all the tools and have all the assets in your to, like, to get there, but you don't. But you're just really just working it out to, and just doing the, just figuring out the puzzle pieces. Mm, okay. So I, if you want to become a gold star real estate agent and have these types of properties that you're selling two point, three point, five point, six point million dollar houses, you need to look a certain way. You need to act a certain way. You need to talk a certain way. You need to be as most of an enjoyable character caricature version of yourself to like mm. really engage others and to make them trust you and also feel like you know what the fuck you're talking about. So you think faking it till you make it is more so of a a hope of for yourself for the future. It's a it's like a it's a wish for your future self to get there in the best possible way. I think fake it till you make it is positive and negative. So in that sense, it's super positive because it's can be, it can be used as like a manifestation. It's a hope for the future, right? It's hope for what you want to achieve. It's starting to live the life that you feel that you are, that you deserve and that you should be living. I think a lot of people fake it till they make it to get out of their own situation that, that they're in at the moment. Yeah. Faking it till you make it is like a sign for change. And it's a process of change. Mm. And it's almost like a story you have to continually tell yourself and believe. But when you are constantly doing that and you're constantly just trying to put out this idea of perception of yourself, Mm. then you lose authenticity. And that's what people don't like. And they don't like you. And then they don't like you and they don't trust you. Because then they have a perception that you're this type of person or you're fake or that you're this, you're that. And then you lose friends. You have to find a really great balance. Life's all about balance, right? So Agree. Like, you can be a bougie bitch and you can Fake have it a you make it. curated Instagram that looks f- fantastic, mm. that, that's super editorial and it's all the same color palette. But then when you have engagements with people and you're interacting with others, you can't put off this curated no. like persona. You have to have a human, empathetic, 
really real connection with someone or yeah. they're, it's just it's not believable. And that's a dynamic, mm. complex person. Life and that's is, what's interesting. Yeah, life is built up of genuine connections and relationships with people, right? Like it's your network. Well, maybe that's what I am looking for now and like what it comes from our original conversation around perception and like mm. interacting with people for the first time and we're talking about like the stupid shit. Like I want to have much more dynamic, complex conversations that push people to have more interesting conversation and mm. I want to be challenged more to have more interesting conversation. I love that, babe, but you got to find the people to have those types of conversations. But you girl. never know who those could be <laughs> because I think most people have this persona so locked up in I front know, of them. But for you to break that persona, it's going to take a lot of work. It's worth it mm. because you end up having a much more meaningful experience, mm. memorable experience. I love that. And then you can be like, oh, that was actually a lot of fucking fun. I can't wait to hang out with that person again. Great. So speaking of hanging out with that person again and having memorable experiences, what about the times when people say, let's catch up, babes. I want to see you again. Let's organize a time. And then they don't come through. Empty promises, bitch. <laughs> okay. So I know this episode is very much inspired from our recent experiences in life, everyone. <laughs> On a day to day. Now as we're moving into empty promises and this concept of flaky ass people. I think empty promises and flaky ass people can also be empty promises from situations that you thought you were going to have high hopes for. You perceived it to be a better time. Yeah. And it was stale, let down. In America, I feel like People do empty promises here, there, and everywhere because everyone's so busy. Everyone's wrapped up in their own schedule. It's like out of sight, out of mind. Like you're yeah. with them for the second and then it's like empty promise. Oh, sorry, babes, I got to go somewhere else. Or they just won't reply to you at all. It's more more on the sense of they won't make plans with you until the last minute right. because they're waiting for another option. Op good options. So I sadly learned to accept that because I thought that was the LA culture. That's the LA way. Yeah. And to be honest, Maybe I adapted to that a little bit too because everyone was just like on their own timetable, right? right? On their own schedule. But I found since we've recently moved back to Australia, I think Aussies are now adopting an empty promise mindset. They're, some of that American influence yes, is coming here. Because everyone's bougie, fancy. This is my perception. <laughs> Everyone is fancy and too cool for school now yeah. that they feel like they have the audacity to... Cancel and be flaky and deliver an empty promise. Interesting. I think that anybody that wants to make time for someone that is important to them and they've scheduled it and they've organized it and they will follow through. You really should like really follow through. And look, I'm not endorsing empty promises. I actually hate flaky people. That's obvious. <laughs> but I'm like, it, it frustrates me because I'm very, I am a very loyal, committed person. And like when you make plans with us or when we expect something, like just deliver. And if you can't, just communicate why and we move on. It's very black and white for me. Yeah. It doesn't need to be complicated. But it doesn't have to be complicated because then you can just really always be doing what you want to do. Correct. Like if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to see us, then you don't, then don't, don't, don't see, see us. us. Yeah. I'll be at home with my face mask on watching the Beverly Hills housewives having some sushi. Like we would love that. You're making it sound like this happens to us all the time. It's, do you have a message for somebody? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay. But I get very passionate about this topic because I feel like it happens all the time. It's everyone. Yeah. I also feel like you have a very high expectation. expectation. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very high expectation for plans to go to what they have been scheduled. Yeah, I guess my upbringing that, was always that you're on time, 
you deliver through with your plans and you just yeah. want to be flaky. That shit happens. I get and that. plans change. I know. But the thing is, there's a part that you need to like accept and then there's a part that you don't have to accept. Sure. And I think that when like all of these shows that we come back to <laughs> Trash TV is like everyone goes to lunch or plans a lunch and everyone's 45 minutes late. Right. And then it's like- And they blame the, the LA traffic. And that's the rudest thing that you could possibly do. And if I was- on the other side of this receiving end where I've been waiting for someone for 45 minutes. You think I'd be still waiting there? There's no way. You? No. No way. I would have left oh, after I 10 think you, minutes. I think you would wait. There's no way I would wait. No, you would wait. You would have a wine. You would say to them, it's okay. And then you would never speak to them again. <laughs> I know you, <laughs> bitch. Don't, don't even scold me right now. You would. Real tea. I think that I did that once. Yeah, I, think, I did that. But that's okay. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, I they did pissed that. you off. In my mind, it was like, a, I'll never see you again lunch. And in their mind, it was just like a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. We're having a mimosa and a Nikoi salad. <laughs> I love a Nikoi salad. At Cafe Gratitude. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, talking about being authentically you, mm. requiring the same authenticity from others, right? It's a topic that I think resonates deeply and it's not just about being true to ourselves, but also about creating a space where everyone feels free to be their genuine selves without any judgment or pretense right like it's about asking those meaningful questions not just accepting things at face value or just really diving deep to understand the why behind the actions and words of those around us and that's where the avoidance of fake it till you make it comes into play, right? Like when we're all being our authentic selves, there's no need for empty promises or putting on a facade. It's about ensuring that our actions and words are in alignment with our true selves. And when we do that, we create genuine connection. We're not just making more acquaintances based mm. on superficial interactions. So let's all make a commitment to not just be our authentic self, mm. but also encourage and celebrate authenticity in others around us Yes, and create environments where everyone feels safe to be themselves, where judgment is replaced with understanding and where we can celebrate authenticity. I'll take it because when we do that, we're not uh. just creating connection. You're actually building a community where everyone is seen, they're heard, they're valued. So until next time, remember your authenticity is not just welcomed, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Be you, celebrate you, and let's all create a world where everyone is free to do the same. Amen. And sending you all the love and positive vibes. Thank you for joining us on this episode. And remember, stay true, stay you. Bye for now and keep shining your authentic light. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Modern Gaze. We hope you're enjoying our podcast so far. Make sure that you follow turn on alerts, and even turn on auto-downloads so that you get our episodes first. Our episodes come out every Tuesday and they stream anywhere podcasts play. 